Technical difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Average Joe Show. I'm your host, Corey Charette. Joining me tonight, my friend and cohort, Mr. Ward Miller. Ward, how's it going? Excellent. A little chilly, but, you know. A little chilly. Well, we're over here up in the northern, northeastern part of the country. I don't want to say northeast because I was thinking New England. But, yeah, it's it's pretty cold here. We had a little bit of snow a couple days ago, but temperatures are just staying well below the single digits. Yeah, especially here in Pittsburgh. Um, You know, we got a a football game coming up Sunday. You might have heard about it. Um, AFC Championship's going to be here. Go Eagles. uh, Go Eagles. They're not playing here. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. (laughs) They're not playing here. (laughs) uh, That'll be a good game, too. But uh, it's going to be pretty chilly for that. It's going to – the high, I think, Sunday is going to be 24. But the game doesn't start until 6 o'clock at night. So odds are it's going to be on the – it's going to probably be in the teens, I'd imagine. So it'll be chilly. But the thing is, we're playing Baltimore, and they're used to the chili. It it, it worked more to our advantage last week when we played uh, San Diego here, and it was a little, uh, little, little nippier than uh, than they had expected. <laughs> well, definitely. Well, is, is speaking of weather, is that one of your stories tonight about the weather? Yeah, uh, apparently this Clipper front, as it's called, that came through. It's not just you know in our normal. Uh, I guess cold band, as it were, you know that that's basically just everything above the Mason Dixon line. Uh, apparently, it's dropped on to Alabama, and I mean it's not as cold as it is, you know, here or in, you know, you're in Jersey, but I mean it's not as cold as those places. But you know, when you consider a lot of those places in Tennessee and or not Tennessee, excuse me, Alabama. Uh, you know when they when their temperature drops to in the teens, that's way chilly for them. You know, um, and they they really aren't prepared. Their houses aren't insulated for it. Um, you know, so they're in a, like a world of hurt. It, it, and it's it, like I I said when we were we were discussing this before the show. I want Al Gore's head on a stick. <laughs> He's been promising me global warming for the last five freaking years. Nothing is warming. It's colder. This this is the coldest year it's been that we've had since 2000 nationwide, not just in the city of Pittsburgh. Nationwide, it's cold. the coldest winter since 2000. And yet he keeps t- talking about global warming. And and one more thing I just want to say about that before we move on. Um, I just read a story that there's uh, scientists now that are saying that we are no longer heading into global warming, that we're in a global cooling period, and we are heading into a, another ice age. I 
and from what I had gleaned from it was that there were some factions of the federal government, and I'm not trying to get into political left, right, whatever, that had put pressure on the scientists to alter their findings to state that there was global warming. Any scientist who was who was going with the global cooling theory was having their grants pulled. Well, you know what? Uh, global warming, global cooling. I don't I don't know what it is. I just think we're having we're having a cold snap, okay? It's the coldest it's been in 8 years. It's the coldest it's been in 8 years. It's not the end of the world. Um also, I think a reason why it's so cold is Indian summer, which you know is basically when fall is almost summer weather. It's beautiful. You can wear shorts and t-shirt out. The weather stayed warmer later in the year. I know for a fact before Christmas, it was like 45 degrees outside. Now, that might sound cold, but here it was gorgeous out. You could wear a spring jacket and go outside. And and I was saying to my family, I said, you know what's going to happen is the weather's going to be so good. One day we're going to wake up and it's going to be, you know, snap, freezing cold outside. And and that's what ha- what's happening now. It's like it's like the weather has to compensate. It's too warm, too late in the year, so it's got to get it really cold to make up for it. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, like I said, the based on the temperature that that we've had here, I can't say that I basically you can't prove global warming by me. It's been entirely too cold here too often. Um if there is global warming, I'm not seeing it. Um and according to the scientists and whatnot, there's no, you know, it's not happening. We're actually headed into another ice age. But I I guess it, it we should just move off to an island somewhere. Speaking of islands, obviously that that was a segue to to my story. I hope so. Yes, that was a that was a terrible segue, but well, we'll leave it. You kind of threw me off because I, I was going to say one, then I'll go to the other one. Um, obviously, you know, being geeks like we are, we all have our cult TV shows and movies we watch. And uh, this week, two uh, well-known cult TV stars and, and movie stars, for that matter, passed away. Uh, Ricardo Montalban. A uh, Mexican-born actor died 88 years old, supposedly, I guess, of, of age-related, which which basically means old age, which everyone who knows Ricardo Montalban knows that he was Mr. Rourke on TV's Fantasy Island, or as as I prefer to know him as, Khan! <laughs> From the Star Trek TV show and Star Trek Two, And uh, also, 80-years-old actor, and I, I didn't even know he was alive till he passes away, from uh, one of my favorite shows from the 60s, Patrick McGowan from the show The Prisoner died, I guess, of old age also at 80 years old. Did you watch any shows by these guys or did you – were you a fan of them at all? I, I was a fan of uh, Ricardo Montalban when he did the Star Trek stuff. I wasn't a big Fantasy Island fan. Um, but he, he – from what I – you know, from the Star Trek thing, he was a really good actor. Um, you know, apparently he he'd done a, a, quite a bit of movies. What you, and, you uh, know? What else he? What other movies he was in? Or other? He was in a couple movies in a series, a, a cult series, I guess it is. I mean, it's a well-known series too that he was in. That kind of blows my mind. Going back and looking at it, is uh, he was in a couple of the Planet of the Apes films. Huh. He, I didn't know that. I uh, believe it was. 
I want to say the third, third and fourth one. You know, he was uh, like he he was like the head of his carnival or circus, and he uh, on modern day Earth, and he helped the uh, baby monkey survive, which helped change history and the the apes take over the world, et cetera, et cetera. So that uh, that wasn't. Um Charlton Heston's. No, it was it it well Charlton Heston died in the well Charlton Heston you know, was in the first one. He reappeared in the second one right at the end and the planet blew up. The third one, and I can't remember the names of these films, the third one, the two apes from the first two films, Roddy McDowell and uh Kim Kim Hunter, I think were the were the actors. They took the spaceship, came went back in time to quote unquote present day Earth. That's where Carl Montalban was head of the circus. They had a baby. He kept the baby safe, and he had a small part in the, the fourth film, where you know it was years later the baby grew up and he started the, the rebellion with the apes. And yeah, but he he had small roles in it. But it was like you know I watched those films and then I watched Fancy Island and you know you get a little older Fancy Island and then this was before Star Trek Two came out. I'm like, oh my god, it's Mr. Rourke. He's in the Planet of the Ape films. It's. I was shocked, you know. Eighty-eight years old. I I didn't know he was that old. I really didn't think he was that old. I figured he was older than that. I honestly, I didn't. well, I, we haven't seen him probably for uh, the last five five years at least. I can, I'm trying to think. Oh yeah, easy. But when he did the uh, the Star Trek, uh, the movie, right? <laughs> uh, the Wrath of Khan. I thought that uh, I thought that he was pretty old then, you know, and that was. What, that would have been an early 80s. 82, 81, somewhere around there. Okay, so he would have been in his uh, late 50s, early 60s. Right. You know, but, you know, like I said, he, he was a pretty good actor. Well, I mean, he didn't do, I mean, he wasn't one of these actors that, uh, I guess, I don't say he never got typecast, really, I guess, because, you know, he did a lot of things. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. he's well, obviously to everyone that lived in the seventies. He was, you know, Mister Rourke. To the sci-fi geeks like us, he was Khan. Uh, you know, or the guy from Planet of the no, Apes. I, I, I thought the uh, I thought Fantasy Island was early eighties too. Actually, the show ran from uh, nineteen seventy-eight to nineteen eighty-four. I remember it was on around that time because that was about the same time that the Love Boat was a big show too. And it seemed like one one show came on right after the other. Yeah, I kind of remember that, but vaguely because uh, I, it, it was funny because where I lived uh, at that time we didn't have cable, so in order to we didn't get channel f- uh, four, which was ABC, and that was the channel that all that stuff was on. So a lot of uh, early ABC shows I didn't see until they hit um, like reruns. Hmm. F- you know, like uh, Happy Days or Laverne and Shirley, all those were ABC shows, and I couldn't see them until um, they they became syndicated. That's hard to believe that you missed a lot of those essential '70s TV shows because uh, you couldn't get ABC. Yeah, well, it was it's really weird because um, where my house is, it's very close to a transmitting tower for ABC, mm-hmm. but it's that's like the curse because I'm so close. They call it the umbrella effect, right? And it and it broadcasts over me, so I don't, I can't pick it up because I'm too close to it. 
Well, one last Which one last thing about Ricardo Montalban before we go on. And I heard this on the radio, and it's in this article here. He was a spokesman for the mid seventies models of the Chrysler Cordoba, and that was yes. where they talked about I, the Corinthian leather. I do remember that. Yeah, I, I I remember hearing Corinthian leather, but I did not realize that he was the one that actually was the one plugging that on TV. Yes, I do remember him doing the, the commercials for. Uh, who makes that? Uh, Chrysler. Oldsmobile? Chrysler. Chrysler. Chrysler Cordoba. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember the commercials, but I just didn't. Yeah. It, it's one of the things where somebody will say, mention it. Like you mentioned, hey, yeah, he was in a commercial. Yeah, I, re- I do remember it. But, uh, you know, if you said to me, quick, name 10 things that Mo- Ricardo Montalban was in, I'd be like, uh, con. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you'd sit there just going, uh, con, con, uh, all right, uh, well, <laughs> the, the next story, and I was talking to you about this uh, about this story before the show. This is the third week we've had a uh, a theme going. Yeah, our, apparently uh, we subliminally pick Nazi stories for no apparent reason. Um, the first story was about a child that uh, had. His parents were suing uh, for this cake company because they wouldn't put his name on the birthday cake, and his name happened to be Adolf Hitler. Then uh, the second week was we were talking about uh, Valkyrie, Tom Cruise's movie, which took place in Nazi Germany. And now this week, it's the same parents who named their child Adolf Hitler the – Apparently, because their story went to the national media about the birthday cake incident, uh, somebody called the Department of Youth Services, and they came in and they removed the children from the home. Uh, the uh, The boy's name that that started the entire thing is Adolf Hitler Campbell, and he has sisters, uh, Joyce Lynn. Aryan Nation Campbell and Hanslin Hindler Jenny Campbell. Now, and, and they're being charged with um, child abuse because they feel as a child naming a child Adolf Hitler is just wrong. You know, they, they and it is. I mean, it is a manner of child abuse. You know, you might think, oh, I, I'm, you know, Adolf Hitler is my hero or whatever, which is just totally bizarre. But, you know, and, and this guy's saying, well, we named him Hitler because no one else would have, you know, he wouldn't be sharing his name with anybody else. Yeah, there's a reason for that. You know, I, I just don't get why, you know, there should be some kind of governance when you go in and say, you know what, I'm going to name my kid uh, Joseph Stalin, you know, whatever. And, you know, somebody should get, no, you can't. No, you can't do that. There has to be. Because, I mean, like they said, and I totally agree, that is child abuse. Because as that kid gets older, he's going to go to school, and children are ruthless. Mm-hmm. And they will torment him to, I mean, to no end. You're, you're just basically creating a serial killer. 
or somebody that's going to go up in the bell tower with a rifle. Um, th- there's no need for that. That's just ridiculous. Oh, I definitely agree with this. It's uh, you can't use an excuse. Well, you know that's that was my father's name or some crap like that. No one, no one has the name Hitler anymore. No, no. even Hitler's descendants changed their name because they didn't want to be known as a Hitler. They didn't want to be tied to them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hitler is a bad name. Period. Well, the, the the thing is now, and you name your daughter Aryan Nation. Yeah. You know, and Hitler. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you just, you know, name them Kick My Ass? Because that's what's going to happen. They're going to go to school, and they're just going to get bullied from the time that they start until the time that they finish. You know, and, you know, kids have it hard enough without putting them at a disadvantage walking into the school. I mean, and that's my opinion. Oh, you know what? Kids are cruel anyway. It didn't matter if their name was John Smith. Somehow, you know, people take names, twist it around, and pick on them anyway. But absolutely. But when you when you already give them the leg up, right? And they're going to call you, you know, Jew killer or whatever. Right. Yeah, and, and and you don't, you know, they they they're not, you know, you're making a, like you said, you're making a serial killer out of this. Parents are not going to want their kids to play with yours. You know, you're cordially invited to Adolf Hitler Campbell's fifth birthday party. Uh, yeah, I'm not going. Yeah. <laughs> where where do I not RSV? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> and you know, you can have it like at a bakery where there's lots of ovens or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm a. I'm not laughing about that. that. That's just a capital offense. Yeah, a capital, a capital one. You know, we all have uh, credit cards, ATM cards from these banks and stuff. And nowadays, the big gimmicks are you can upload images to the uh, to the company, and they'll make your card that way. You see a lot of these commercials. There's a commercial. I don't know if it's a Capital One commercial, where you know the guy guy goes to the uh, to a dinner or something like that, or goes on a plane, and it's a business flight. And he uses his little kitty cat card or something stupid like that. Well, nowadays you yeah. you can get that stuff put on your card. Uh, there was a guy by the name of you know I can't find his name now. Oh boy, yeah. Well, there was a guy, David Mackey. Yeah, thank you, David Mackey, who uh, got one of those Capital One cards where you could put a picture on it. So he decided, thirty-five year old man decided to upload a picture of Nick Nolte's two thousand two booking shot, which I think we've all seen with his hairs all all over the place. So Capital One decided to print up the card and mailed it out. Well, after it was mailed out, they realized their mistake, and they went to Mackie and uh, said, could you uh, please send back the card to us? We'll give you a $50 uh, customer goodwill statement credit because it's against our policy to put – I believe it's celebrities or copyrighted material. I'm trying to see what the thing says on the card. Anyway, he was breaking their rules. So obviously I, he took pictures of the card, which you can see at links on the AverageJoeShow.com site. Uh, it's got Nick Nolte sitting there with the Capital One Platinum card. So he sent it back, got his $50, car, uh, $50 gift card, and uh, called it a day. I, don't, I think that's kind of silly. You know, but, I mean, I can also understand it from Capital One's point of view. You know, if somebody were to challenge it and blah, 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 and then – then it gets somebody picks up the story and they post it on the internet. You know, Capital One might get some kind of critique for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just saying, 
<laughs> I just think it's funny. I think he did it just for fun, and he got away oh, with it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, there was no, absolutely. You look at it. There's no malice. No. Um, you know, it's like okay, give us a picture. Well, I got this crazy ass picture, of Nick Nolte. Let's use that. <laughs> sure. Well, I, you know, I don't know if there are. I, I don't think there are copyrights or anything on booking photos because that's like. Public, no, it's public domain. Yeah, public domain. It's public information, so I guess you could use it any which way you want because I've seen these images everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, anything that's public domain like that, um, you, don't, you don't have to uh, – you know, you can give them credit if you want. You know, you'd say, you know, LAPD. But uh, as far as – like if he were to, to take a, picture, a photo shoot for headshots for, you know, his – next movie or whatever the owner the person that took the shots would be the copyright owner and he owns he holds the copyright at that point but the you know mug shots don't fall under that same uh category i I wonder what would happen if nick nolte sent this picture to capital one if they would allow it to be used well i'm sure that they would i think that would have been hilarious as shit could you imagine you know, you're Nick Nolte. You get you get your Capital One card with a picture of you from your doped up booking shot in the in O2. Yeah, that that will be awesome. <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I think it's just funny. It's one of those things. And then with the internet now, people are doing stupid stuff like this. Let's see what we can get away with, and uh, then we'll post it online so we can get hits and stuff like that. That's what this looks like to me. Well, I don't know because it was. Apparently, he wasn't drawing attention to himself when he did it. He did it figuring, this is funny. They reviewed it and said, hey, wait a second. There may be an issue here. Let's contact the guy and say, look, I'll give you 50. Basically, I mean, the way it works is, I'll give you 50 bucks to send us back the car and we'll get you a new one. You know, we we really don't want you to be using that car. So, but, I mean, is it a... Is it a copyright infringement? No. Not in any way, shape, or form. Could Nolte sue you for it? No. He couldn't. He wouldn't have a leg to stand on. I mean, legally. Um, it was more or less Capital One not wanting something like this to get out, I'm sure. And apparently this guy says, yeah, sure, I'll give you the 50 bucks. Click, here's a picture of, the, of what they wanted me to do, and I, you know, I gave it back to them for 50 bucks. So they still got the black eye from it. Because there is a news story about it. Well, there's a you know, so that I don't think that they hit their goal because if they would have just left it alone and left Mr. Mackey keep the card in his wallet, nobody would have known the difference. Well, there's a few things here. Number one, I wonder how many people are going to try to do this with Capital One and see if they could get away with it. I wonder how many people have already done it. That's actually a good idea. I don't know. You know, because there could be a, a, a dozen people out there who've already, uh, you know, put the card out. You know that, you know, did it the same way apparently that this Mister Mackey did, and said, you know what, I think this is funny. Mm-hmm. You know, so they got the OJ, you know, mugshot or right. you know, whatever. And the, I don't think that that's a bad thing. I mean. It, it's almost like we're losing our sense of humor in order to maintain our political correctness. No, that's the thing. PC is ruining the whole world. But if you look at it, 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 you know, Capital One obviously screwed up because 
you know, according to the article here, it says that, you know, you upload the picture and a few minutes later he got an email saying, you know, congratulations, your image has been approved. But apparently it's all automated, you know. They must have some computer program that looks at it and goes, uh, yeah. It says, well, I think the program more than likely looks at it and says the picture is legitimate. You know what I mean? And it just says, okay, yeah, that's a picture. We'll let it go. And then sometime later, obviously, a human being actually looks at these pictures. Yeah, but I don't know what what would cause them to say, okay, it's time to look at, you know, it's time to look at this. Um, was something triggered that made them say, whoa, hold on a second? It could have been something as simple as uh, the the program figured out that it was a person and the human being had to look to see if the person was you know a celebrity or a political figure or whatever. I don't know. Could but be. you would think the software would say, okay, wait a minute. This is a person. Let me put this to the side. Let a human being look at it first before we ap- approve it. Yeah, but most of these places don't use any kind of uh, – I mean really what you're talking about is facial recognition. Right. I mean basically it looks and says, okay, you're uploading a file. All right, so start of the file is here, end of the file is here. Did it complete? Yes, it completed. It is successful. Period. There's nothing that goes in and goes. Okay, here's you know, it, find the eyes, find the nose, you know, find a face on this picture, and uh, so uh, I can't really fault Cap or Capital One for it because facial recognition software is uh, really not cheap. No, you know, especially to license it to use it at a professional thing like that because the new. Um, iLife for the Macintosh does have facial recognition on it for the home user. But I'm sure that in order to license something like that for, uh, you know, something like Capital One would be quite expensive. Yeah, did you uh, – speak of iLife, did you uh, hear about all the good things that iLife has to offer at Macworld this year? Yeah, I, I did. Um, there's some really cool stuff in it. Um, been – a Mac aficionado, I, I I do pay a lot of attention to um, what's going on at, at Apple. Um, you know, uh, Phil Schiller did the uh, the keynote, and he demoed the new iLife and iWork, and uh, showed the new laptop, the 17-inch laptop, and it was really cool stuff. But uh, we have a story that. Uh, Apparently, uh, Steve Jobs has taken a leave of absence from Apple because of health reasons, and he stated his health was one of the reasons that he was not doing um, Macworld in the first place. Um, so basically, uh, Tim Cook is uh, Apple's uh, chief operating officer, and he's going to take over in, in uh, Mr. Jobs' absence. And... Uh, you know he's supposed to be coming back and running the show uh, sometime in the summer. I heard something like June or July. We were uh, talking about this on Tech Gain Show, TechGainShow dot com earlier this week. And uh, do you think this could be the end of Steve Jobs as CEO of Apple? No. So you think he's no. going to come back and he's going to be back to quote unquote normal and ev- everyday operations and everything? Um. Yeah, because the 
the everything that I you know not knowing Steve Jobs personally, I can only go by the things that I've read, and he is a extremely driven, hands on type um, entrepreneur, uh, and that goes through from everything that he's touched. You know, I mean, with the original, you know, when he was originally with Apple, he left Apple and uh, created Next. Um, and then he create he went in and took Pixar over after, uh, um, who had that? Lucas. Right. He, he took it off of George Lucas. He didn't take it. He bought it off of George Lucas and made it Pixar what it is today. Then he turned around and, and sold Pixar to Disney mm-hmm. and made a, a gajillion dollars. Well, he owns, and he's, on, he, he, he's, yeah, he owns 17%. Uh, yeah, well, he's the the lead market share, mm-hmm. and he's on the board of directors for Disney. Um, and then he came back to Apple. Well, Apple and, bought Next. Yes, Apple bought Next, and that became the code base for OS X. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, but the the whole thing about Jobs is Jobs is too hands on. I can't see him. He would have to totally say, "I have retired from Apple." If he has anything to do with Apple, he can't he can't be in a role where he says, Okay, I'm here but Tim Cook's gonna be in charge. If Steve is on site, Steve is is in charge. That's the way he is. I'm thinking that this leave of absence is going to be let's see how I feel. If I get better, I'll come back. If I'm doing the same or I'm doing worse, I'll take a back seat. I'll step down. Yeah, he would have to step down and st- he he would have to do basically the same thing Wozniak did and say, "Okay, I'm gone." Mm-hmm. Because of his mentality, he could not be in that role locally. Well, well, here the thing with Steve is he's so controlling. He he's a hands-on guy. Everything has to go through him. He he mm-hmm. controls every little aspect of Apple, and as you can see, what he does made Apple what it is today. Uh, if he steps down from Apple, I think that will kill him too. I think he he needs to be working. He needs to have something to make his his life worthwhile, and Apple is that. Sure, there, there's plenty of people like that too that need to that need to have a reason to get up, and. The the thing with Jobs, you know, whether you like him or don't like him or whatever, he is truly a visionary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was never the um the driving force behind the first uh Macintosh. That was Wozniak. Wozniak knew he could do it. Jobs seen where it could go and how he could sell it. Steve Jobs is is quite possibly the best marketing guy on the planet. Um, And I don't know if you've watched uh, any of the keynotes or the presentations that Jobs does. Oh, I did. When he walks on stage, he is in charge. He He has, and they call it the Steve Zone, and he just has this aura about him that he is preaching to the Apple faithful. You know, and, um, you know, it's, it's just this, I, I can't explain it. 
it's just amazing to watch someone who is that much in control and he can walk out and have everybody in the place waiting with bated breath to see what his next announcement was. Now, watching the keynote last week or two weeks ago, whatever, for Macworld, Phil Schiller did not do a bad job. Right. I mean, as far as he came out, he he was uh, lighthearted. He made some jokes. He demoed some really cool stuff. And the bottom line was he wasn't Steve Jobs. Well, two things. One, obviously, like you said, he's not Steve Jobs. But two, this year, they didn't really have anything to ooh and ah us with, you know? Well, the, the, yeah. I, I, I life, right. okay, that, there were some nice things they added to iLife. Okay, that's great. Okay, you got a 17-inch Apple, whatever they call it, the notebooks, Mac Pro, or whatever the heck it is. All right, yeah. so you came out with that, but it's not like they're going to whip out a brand-new iPhone or a new iPod or something we've never seen before, and we're just going to go, oh, my God, thank you, thank you. It's Okay, but uh, all right, now at the same time, what would you think could be announced there that would just knock your socks off? That would go, all right, they, you know, we don't need Steve Jobs. Phil Schiller can put us over the top. What could he? What could he have announced that would made everybody go? We don't need Steve Jobs. Nothing. I mean, the, everything that that's out now. And here's here's the other thing too. I honestly believe that. Part of the reason that Apple's pulling out of Macworld is because that forces Apple to have a um, a timeline based on somebody else. Agreed. You know, they have to have an announcement for Macworld. And they have to have, just like you said, they got to have something over the top. They have to have something super cool. You know, sometimes you don't get the super cool thing. You know, the iPhone, when it came out, they announced it at Macworld and said, okay, we're going to release this phone in June. It wasn't ready to release. It was, you know, we, can't, we can show it to you. And you can watch some videos online, but you can't put your hands on it until June. Well, you know, the reason that Apple had to get out of Macworld is, first of all, Apple doesn't need Macworld. A- Apple, Apple is bigger than, than Macworld's. I mean, nowadays, you know, we're all ooh and ah of Apple, you know. How many people own iPods? How many people own iPhones, you know? It's just the the, the ooh factor. You got all these fanboys and followers of Jobs. They, they, they don't need that. And secondly, Macworld comes, what, the second week of January. Who the hell wants to announce something brand new after Christmas? Exactly. Eleven and a half months till Christmas. Look what we're going to have come out. It's a really great thing. Uh but I think that, that that's part of Apple's thing is they want to control when they release things. You know, they have – they don't have uh, events anymore. You know, we're going to have an event. If they're going to have an, uh, an iPod event, they're going to have it at Cupertino. They're going to have it at the Apple Complex. Mm-hmm. They're not going to – it's not going to be, oh, okay, well, we're going to go down to uh, to the Moscone Center for, you know, Macworld. And we're going to keep all of our really cool stuff until then. No, it's we're going to control the spin, you know, the, you know, the Apple lockdown thing. Because, you know, if you think about it, since they've been doing the thing at Macworld, there's been so many um, 
I don't want to call them security breaches. Leaks. But, yeah. Uh, when Apple controls the event, Apple controls the event. And Jobs has absolutely no compunction firing somebody if he thinks that they're trying to ruin his, um, steal his thunder. But, you know, is is Tim Cook going to do the same? I don't know. What we we'll have to see. I I think that, you know, Apple is is a strong enough company that it could survive without Jobs. Um, you know, it has the the employees are uh, have proven themselves to be um, competent. Um, the executive management, Phil Schiller, Tim Cook, etc., have proven that that they can handle parts of it. Now it's a matter of them proving that they could be Steve Jobs. Well, and they can and they can step in and and run Jobs' position. Now, could they do this? Because Steve's uh, a lot of his hands-on stuff is part of the design. You know, he, he likes things a certain way, and he believes in his heart that he is an artist. And his whole thing is about the design and the awe factor. You know, did you know, here's a little quiz for you, and, and you can hit your guys up on, on the uh, Tech Gang show with this one. Do you know the only uh, vendor that does not play for, that, that does not pay for product placement? On television shows, is Apple really? Yeah. But you see them everywhere on television shows. Exactly, and they do not pay a dime because the. And I just read this big article on it, and, and what it is is the people that are doing the shows know that hey, I want you to think that this guy is cool. I'm giving him a Mac. You watch Heroes, yeah, uh, Hero Nakamura. Mm-hmm. They always show him, and there's Macs all around him. Because they want you to think he's the cool guy. He's the hero. Okay. That's that's the idea behind it. All right. Well, and yeah, but I mean, they, they were saying, I mean, it goes down to you want the guy to be carrying a Pepsi? We want money from Pepsi. Or else we'll, he's carrying a Coke. You know, that that's to the level it's at. I mean, anything that can have a, a label on it, they pay for that, except for Apple. Hmm. Um, one last thing on this story, because we could sit here all night and talk about Steve Jobs and Apple. Did you see that Onion video of the new Macintosh wheel? Yeah, that was really fun. Oh, I'll put a link on Average Joe Show. Basically what it was, for everyone who hasn't seen it yet, it's a, it's a laptop with the iPod wheel. <laughs> There's no keyboard. You just yeah. use the wheel. It was very funny. And it, it, very. And it looked very legitimate. Well, what, was fu- what I thought was funny about that was somebody actually took the story and was running with it like it was true. Somebody had actually seen the video on The Onion, bought it, bought the whole concept, and, oh, this must be true, and they posted it as a news story. If you, if you, That's what if I you watch the video, the guy says it only takes like 2,500 strokes to type up a letter or something ridiculous. It was like, how, how do you believe that's real? Yeah, somebody did. All right, let's get off of Apple and let's go. Let's go back in time a little bit to our younger days when we all actually didn't sit in front of computers or play tons of video games. Uh, there's a man by the name of 
Yeah, I don't have anything. Graham Parker, who for the last 26 years has been trying to solve a Rubik's Cube. And after doing it for 26 years, he finally got around to getting all six sides to match up with the color. And from what I'm reading the story, it's not like it was a casual thing. He actually got obsessed with trying to get this done. It, it took him 25 years. After 25 minutes, I'm out. You know, I don't got that kind of patience in the first place, much less to sit there. And uh, and if he did it, you know, God bless him that, that he has that kind of dedication where he could sit down, hunker down, and focus on something like that for 25 years. But He's been doing this since 1982. Uh-huh. Reagan was president in 1982. Well, there you go. Uh, You know what's funny is we bought our kids one of these Rubik's Cubes, and I was playing with it for like five minutes. And you know what I did? I took all the damn pieces off and rearranged them and put it back together. Yep. 26 years. And and this is a story. It's like why would someone actually tell tell the world? Exactly. I wouldn't want anybody to know. I wouldn't say – Hey, Corey, guess what? I've been working on a Rubik's Cube for the last 20 years. I'd be looking at you like, are you fucking retarded? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I just saw this story this week, and I'm like, I'm like this has got to be wrong. And the picture they show of him, he's like, looks like a retard. I finished a cube. I got it done. It's like, the sad thing. <laughs> of course you did. The sad thing is when he bought this and started this, Rubik's Cubes were readily available. Now that he finished it, Rubik's Cubes have come back and are readily available again. Well, that's part of it. And the other part is you say to somebody, hey, uh, I just worked on a Rubik's Cube. And they go, what? You know, the people that are our age remember the Rubik's Cube when it was popular. Right. Kids today, if you'd say, you know what? We're going to do something with a Rubik's Cube. They're like, a what? What the hell is that? I mean, you, you, you grew up like I did. You remember there was like Rubik's cubes uh, contests and conventions. Oh yeah, all people were doing it in like under ten seconds, and you're like, God damn, this is disgusting. Yeah, boy, I must be really dumb. I know. Then I figured out. Then I figured out how to take them apart, and I was like, oh, I'm smarter than everybody. There were like five year old kids going, and that's how you do it, and you're like, yeah, screw you. Yeah, there's some kind of mathematical thing that goes to it, and. You know, I've read that there were different. I, I've never actually sat down and read a book on how to how to beat. That's the right. Rubik's there were books about that. Oh yeah, and, and there's math functions and how you can do uh, different things. Uh, you know, if you turn the bottom twice to the right and then the top once to the left, then you know, and then once you get it to be this pattern, then you do this and you do that. I'm like, you know what? the hell with that <laughs> i'll take it apart and put it back together if i can't do that i'm out it's it's like you you've, you've got to be kidding me i saw this and i'm like all oh, right you're an idiot you solved it um you took the big bus to school we're happy for you <laughs> get over <it. laughs> yeah get over it it's like come on are you serious well that's it for this week's episode of average joe show uh, i want to thank ward miller for being here you could check ward out at his other podcast restaurantfoodfast.com what's coming up this week on the show ward um we did uh 
we have a new format where we're doing this uh, style of cooking for the month. And for the month of January, we're doing oriental cooking. So this week's episode is going to be a Thai noodle bowl. Huh. And then next week we are going to be doing um, another noodle bowl, like a lo mein. But it, it's all pretty uh, It's pretty interesting, pretty quick. Well, I know your Asian foods are pretty easy to do. You know, you can do like a lot of leftover stuff like you did with the stir fry last week and cooking the stuff is yeah. real quick. I know that. Yeah, and we we try that's part of our thing. We try and make it quick as the name implies. We want to do it restaurant quality food fast. So may- and uh, yeah. So I definitely download it. His show comes out about 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Uh, restaurantfoodfast.com is the domain. Go there. You can watch the shows right online. Leave comments there for them. You know, it, it's, it's a great site. So make sure you check out restaurantfoodfast.com. Uh, for me, don't forget to check out our other show, which we mentioned earlier, Tech Gain Show, techgainshow.com. It's a tech show. This last week we did a little different episode. It was more of a roundtable. We were shorthanded, so we did a little uh, – roundtable on the news stories but next week we'll have a regular episode with all our segments that we always cover uh techgainshow.com is that website don't forget to check out this podcast every week averagejoeshow.com send us emails at talk at averagejoeshow.com uh, leave comments about the episodes you could download episodes individually listen right on the website you could uh s- subscribe to our feed so please go to the website averagejoeshow.com on behalf of Ward and myself want to thank you for downloading this episode and spending a little time with us this week we hope you come back again next week until then have a good one Thank you.